This is GBH's Morning Edition. We are continuing to follow the news of Harvard President Claudine Gay's resignation after just six months in office. GBH's higher education reporter Kirk Carapaza joins me now in the studio with the latest. Kirk, thanks for being here. Good to be here, Paris. I know it's been a busy uh, it has past been. Welcome back. <laughs> a few hours for you here. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, so what have you been learning so far, Kirk? What's the reaction that you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, many faculty were shocked. I, I reached out immediately to the faculty who led the petition supporting her. Um, you know, one one professor compared her, gave me a sports analogy, and said Claudine Gay was like a player's manager, right? They, you know, people really liked being on her team. They were looking forward to working with her. Um, and they were devastated by this news. One professor told me she was flabbergasted. Um, and there, there's a lot of anger at the, Harvard at the Harvard Corporation, you know, the top governing board for not standing up to what professors see as right-wing extremists, mm. you know, from political calls from the outside for her resignation. Well, yeah, because it was just a few weeks ago that they came out firm supporting her even right. after all the Three criticism. Three weeks ago. After her congressional right. hearing. Right. So what changed? Right. It, that's that's the question everyone's asking. Um, you know, it's we had that unanimous statement from short statement from the corporation saying that they were standing by her. Um, in that same statement, they did address the plagiarism allegations. Um but they seem to be steadfast in their support just three weeks ago. And right. I think, you know, a lot of people have questions about what happened behind closed doors. Harvard hasn't made um, anyone with the corporation available to comment. I think, you know, from the outside looking in, you had these plagiarism allegations mounting. Right. And it's a com it wasn't any one thing. Right. It, it wasn't just how she handled the anti-Semitism allegations or, um, you know, the plagiarism charges. Um, but it was also, you know, donors pulling money. And I think it was the combination of those three things that in the end made it really hard for her to do her job and mm -hmm. to come out and be the public face of, you know, this institution, which in our public psyche holds this very special place. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think she, um, you know, in the end, you know, being the head of Harvard is almost like being a CEO of a major corporation. Right. You need to be you need to be out there in the public and all these controversies combined was was basically, you know, tying her hands. Yeah, certainly a lot of competing interests. And Kirk, for folks who may not know, give us an idea of just how bad these plagiarism allegations were. Yeah, I mean, well, they're serious enough that Harvard felt it needed to respond, right? I mean, they the timing of it, though, is important, right? If you look at the timeline, right, if you look at the anti-Semitism um, charges um, and the and how that was handled, that's that was in the course of the semester. These allegations began the day she was announced that she was going to become the next president, right in the darker corners of the Internet, um, you know, on conservative blogs. That's where this kind of was percolating. And then after the hearing, that's when we saw it really spike. Right. And they it was kind of like almost like a targeted moment. Right. And I spoke with higher ed leaders yesterday, Lynn Pascarella, who's the former president of um, Mount Holyoke College here in Massachusetts. And now she's the current president of the American uh, Association of Colleges and Universities. She sees this as a as a very coordinated right wing attack, right? Mm -hmm. That these 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 charges came at a specific moment. That being said, you know, once they were out there, you had calls for her res resignation coming from inside Harvard Yard as well, right? You mm -hmm. had the editorial board at Harvard. You know, some students there saying she shouldn't resign, at least not yet. Others saying she should resign. That this is that there might be a double standard here for. Yeah, we right. have. Um, we heard some reaction uh, from a student on campus who 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 spoke to that. Mm -hmm definitely among students, uh, a lot of frustration around what, what was perceived as a double standard with um, her kind of receiving a second chance on a plagiarism accusation that students could, you know, be suspended for. 
So I guess, I mean, it does sort of put a fine point on this idea that as the president of the most prestigious, one of the most prestigious institutions in the nation, right? How how can right. a plagiarism allegation go unchecked? Right. There was one example that a lot of people kept pointing to where it was in the acknowledgments on, you know, for one of her papers that it looked like she might have ripped that from somewhere. Um but you also have, you know, you, you can't discount race here, right? I mean, a lot of this goes back to, um, you know, uh, you know, charges. We're in this moment, right, where DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, CRT, it's mm-hmm. all under attack, mm-hmm. right? And, and this has been a huge part right, of this conversation. Right. And and gay, you know, you know, some people are look at this and say, look, she's targeted because she's black, right? You have Ibram X. Kendi, the director of the Anti-Racism Center at Boston University, writing on Twitter that, you know, this is a racist mob attacking a black person, right? Mm -hmm. And that they found a seemingly legitimate reason for the attack. And that allows it to kind of accrue this popular support and credibility. You know, the conservative activists deny that, of course, they say this isn't about race. So. But at the same time, it's two two different pieces of history up against each other, right? right? Harvard's first black president also just so happens to have the shortest tenure in right. its nearly 400-year history. So that's something that I think we'll be talking about uh, and hearing about for a while. Now, Kirk, I want to turn to sort of the to the, the higher ed factor of this here. How do we grade Harvard's handling of this <laughs> entire situation? I would never grade Harvard, Paris. <laughs> no. I know better. As well, a higher ed guy, I would never grade Harvard. But I will say... When I talk to my sources, wherever they stand on this issue, you know, how Gay and Harvard handled the anti-Semitism hearing and how they responded to Stefanik's questioning um, and the allegations of plagiarism, I think everyone agrees that this is just absolutely devastating and a tragedy and embarrassing for Harvard, right? I mean, everyone on the left and the right, in the middle, everyone seems to agree on that one thing. Um, And it's devastating for higher ed's reputation at a time when it was already getting battered, right? This comes at a time when fewer Americans are going to college, right? Not fewer, you know, plenty of people are going to Harvard. Harvard's not going to have an issue. You know, you see these hot takes that, oh, this is going to be devastating for Harvard's applications or early admissions are down at Harvard. Like, Harvard's going to be fine with admissions, right? You know, so their application, so their admissions rate goes from three to four percent. But fewer Americans are going to college because they distrust institutions. And this also comes after the affirmative action ruling in which Harvard was involved, right? right? So, I mean, is there a loss of credibility here or or is there a lesson here about how politics uh, can influence higher ed? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I think you have, you know, parents now, it's only like 50% of American parents said that they want their kid to go to a four-year college, right? There's this, there's this deep distrust and in, it, there's some truth to that, right? That where these schools are being labeled as li- liberal bastions, the f- uh, Foundation for Information and uh, Rights in, in Education found that only 17% of students at Harvard are considered conservative. So there is some truth, right? There's not as much ideological diversity, so it's not representative of the American public. But this is, you know, I talked to some leaders yesterday who say this is the weaponization of free speech. You know, this is a polit- this is the politici- politicization of higher education. And that's dangerous. Well, that is GBH's Kirk Carapeza. Kirk, I'm sure this is not the last conversation that we will be having about this. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Paris. You're listening to GBH News. GBH. GBH.